0: Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast with Amy and Steph. I'm Amy. And I'm Steph.
1: Though we try to make Cancer for Breakfast safe and comfortable for everyone, it may not be suitable for all audiences and is intended for
0: informational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors. We didn't even go to
1: podcasting school.
0: (laughs) Hey, Stephanie. Hi, Amy. Hi. Hi. Do I look different to you now that I'm all pumped full of Zometa? right now you I, do your bones look really <laughs> strong I had <laughs> my third infusion three days ago so one weird thing that happened directly after the infusion which I get in my you know arm not I don't have a port mm-hmm. and directly after this forearm bone here mm-hmm. began throbbing oh and I was like Um, is this supposed to like hurt really sharply? And she's like, like, I'm hulking out. I'm hulking out. (laughs) (laughs) Popeye's had her spinach. (laughs) Um, she was like, no. And I was like, okay. And then I seriously convinced myself as a total freak. Um, like on the way home, I just kept looking at my forearm and there were these weird kind of ripples in it. Um, not like ripples, but kind of, you know, like my skin, I was just like feeling these like weird bumps on my skin that I was like, this is fluid that she didn't put it in my vein. In vein. It's yeah. just, and it's not a ton of liquid either in those little IV and meta bags. I mean, it's like, yeah. it looks like it's, you know, three ounces or something. It doesn't look huge. Two ounces. I don't, I don't know what an ounce is, but, um, but I was like, oh my God, that, Weird pain is it there and then it's like pooling in my skin. And I, I seriously was like, Should I have Kevin turn the car around and drive me back there just to go to have her look at it? And then I realized, Oh my God, the IV tape, you know, <laughs> that like beige ass tape yeah. had been right around that part of my forearm <laughs> or against it. And so it had left all these ripples. And I was like, oh, I am very stupid. That's really funny. But yeah, but anyway.
1: I was going to ask if it was the saline because
0: do you get saline too with it? Well, that's the thing is when she did the saline flushes, I didn't have the taste thing. Which oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's that means that it wasn't in the vein. But I was like, that makes absolutely no sense. Like, I'm not really this crazy that I actually think that's what <laughs> had occurred. Clearly, because uh, spoiler for how stupid that would be. She did. She drew my blood out of the same IV, Mm -hmm. you know? So clearly the IV was in my, my freaking vein, but anyway, but it is weird because that part of my arm is the only place I have experienced bone pain Oh yeah, in the last couple of days. Like I have had zero side effects, zero flu-like symptoms, zero anything, but there's a little tiny bit. So I don't know.
1: There you go. So Zometa number three was the one where you had no side effects. Did you have any last time?
0: No. Okay. Last time was fine, too. Okay, good. Because
1: I'm going to get my second one here shortly, I think.
0: You're going to do great. You're going to do great.
1: Yeah. The first one was kind of rough. If people haven't had mm-hmm. it yet, it was it was kind of rough for me. But
0: good news. They say the, the one. first one's the, the hard one, and then yeah. you tend to be okay as long as I get it in your vein. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just chilling um, in your arm. Yes. How are you doing, Stephanie? I'm okay. You know...
1: I'm a little bit bummed. Um, I was talking to some cancer friends about how to deal with like, you know, your disability status Mm -hmm. after you have, you know, either like side effects from medications or treatments or like, you know, there's something missing from your body because of cancer Um, and kind of what you do to deal with it. And Mm -hmm. I said that one of the things that I like to do is (laughs) give myself dopamine hits by like kidding myself out for any kind of exercise that I actually can do. So like kidding yourself out. Yeah. You know, like you get kitted out, like in a new kit, like,
0: uh, Oh, kidding. Like a kit. Yeah. Um, okay. Go on. (laughs) So like for
1: my, uh, new swimming, regimen. I, you know, I got myself a new bathing suit. I got a towel. Mm -hmm, I got like a little mm -hmm. cosmetics bag and like little containers for my shampoo and my conditioner. And I bring my hair oil to the YMCA. And I love it. I go in the steam room and then I've got like my routine of showering and stuff. And it's actually, it brings me a lot of joy. Weirdly. I don't know, but I um, completely get that. Yeah. You have your
0: swim paraphernalia. Yeah. Right. And you get to treat yourself I thought a little you said bit kidding yourself out though. And I was just trying to picture you like looking in the mirror being like, are you going to be a silly goose that swims <laughs> today? Or just like <laughs> joking around with yourself. Uh, anyway, but yes, get your swim kit, baby. Right. I love it. Yeah.
1: Um, and kind of the same thing is true. I'm on a bowling league. And so, uh, I love like having matching shirts with my bowling team girls and, I got myself yes, a cool so bowling cute. ball and a bowling, uh, like vintage mm-hmm. bowling case, and my cool bowling shoes. But what sucks is that those are my two treats. Like those are my two physical activity things that I do regularly. And I can do neither of them right now because I had goddamn abdominal surgery. Oh, yes, you did. So I'm not allowed but... to go swimming. I'm not allowed to bowl. Mm-hmm. Well.
0: When will you be able to? Well, my follow-up
1: appointment is next week, and I'm hoping I can get cleared because I don't have any open wounds, and I feel like I've I've been lifting things on the sly, and nothing terrible has happened.
0: Don't do that. I know. You
1: are the worst patient I've ever met. I really am. It's, It's very true. I apologize if my surgeon is somehow listening to this. I'm sorry, Dr. Goff.
0: I'm sorry, too she's so unreasonable um i do like turning health into like a fun hobby like the bowling thing actually is moving your body and it is like good for your spirits and it is you know like having swimming having your hair oil or whatever turns the act of going swimming into self-care like right into like a luxury versus like aerobic right
1: exercise. right right if in like a sporty person who like loves doing sports which I'm not then you know you need a little little push sometimes I'm not trying to say like consumerism is the answer but you know
0: like a little treat sometimes it is baby sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it, it is retail therapy I'm here for it absolutely freaking lately yeah um can I tell you um some things that I've done to improve my health that do not involve exercise. Um, yes. Yes, you could. <laughs> because I, the one thing that I'm really, really harping on myself about is that I have not been exercising lately at all, but I'm going to start doing that. But who cares? Who cares? These are the things that I am doing to lower my risk of recurrence. Mm-hmm. Tell me. I am no longer drinking alcohol, which I always take these breaks. We've oh, talked about on the podcast, like I'm a big fan of like, just abstaining for like a month at a time or whatever. Yeah. Um, but in my normal life, like I'm just someone that likes alcohol. Like my body's like, okay, let's have some alcohol. That's great. This is a great <laughs> yeah. way to spend some time, drink some wine. Um, but anyway, you flip the damn coin. It is not good for cancer risk. It's just not like, I don't like that truth. I would like to say I'm doing other things to discount that risk. Like not that I'm exercising, but if I were exercising I'd be like, but that's okay. Cause I exercise, Yeah, you know, but it's yeah. like, that's actually not how it freaking works, bitch. So anyways, I feel I'm of course not saying like I quit drinking. I'm never going to drink again. Cause like whatever, but I think it's, been almost a month and a half now of like just not even thinking about it, Good and job. Just moving into this thing where I'm like getting so many benefits from what comes from not drinking, like yeah. having more energy and just m- mental health stuff. Like I just feel way more balanced. Like it really does affect, even if I don't drink very much at all, it still affects my sleep. It still affects yeah, my mood. Like I'm absolutely. really sensitive to it. Um it's like one of the most unfair things of the world is the way the balance of the world is that like anything, and we've probably talked about this before on here, because I just find it in so many aspects of life. Like anything that is like easy and seemingly good, like a, a reward, you know, like yeah. anything like that is. There's it always comes out the other side of like you you know like it's like you got to pay to play it's like right my thing and it's like there's no like even taking a Xanax like I realized like and you all know like I'm like all Advan Xanax great use that stuff if you want to like to my I'm talking to myself not to anybody but like to me I'm like yeah use that stuff if you're having an anxious time yeah. that's what it's fucking there for if it's not there for like people who are dealing with cancer shit, then like, I'm not really sure a more appropriate use. Right. But even with that stuff though, sometimes like if I just take a Xanax, a full one, like versus a half, sometimes I take half, I will feel a little bit groggier the next day or like a little bit short tempered, which is sort of weird. I don't think it's weird. I mean,
1: it's, it does suck because like, I know that the answer is not needing an oblivion, but When you have cancer or when you're a survivor, I feel like you need oftentimes some kind of oblivion to sink Mm -hmm. into. And you're right. It does often come with some kind of price, whether it's, you know, increased risk or that grogginess or whatever. And like I said, I know that the real thing is not needing the oblivion.
0: But where's like the opposite of that though? You know, like it has to be opposite. To be balanced, right? So like where's the pill that does absolutely nothing for me? But then makes me feel is it slightly psilocybin? Like... I think it might be psilocybin. Oh shit. <laughs> no, psilocybin <laughs> would do something for me. Um I think psilocybin yeah. might be the answer. Mushrooms are the answer. They're legal in Oregon, but They're impossible to legally get in any sort of, it's still like so far from being anything affordable for people. Not that I'm like opposed to a league, illegally obtaining drugs. I would love to do that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) If you Um, have a lead, (laughs) if you know who's growing, um, no, it's just too much of a pain in the ass at this point in my life. So. Um, so exercise, it is, <laughs> is. got to get the goddamn natural endorphins. Okay. And then the next thing that I've been doing, um, as a health benefit sounds pretty sketch, sounds like a, a hoax. Um, but I'll explain why, cause I don't think it is hopefully, but I have been intermittent fasting I think the cancer pod did an episode on fasting I know I listened to that episode it was wonderful and that is kind of what inspired me to take the step to do it there is a lot of really good information we'll link that episode in our show notes if you want to check it out for more info on it because the cancer pod talked about how for um recurrence I want to say it's something like if you fast and you do it at night, so it counts for your sleep. It's not that hard to do. Um, I think it's at least 13 hours. Mm-hmm. It lowers recurrence rates for early stage breast cancer people by like 9% or something. And like 9% of what their recurrence rate would be, not like 9% overall, yeah, right? right. But that's still like I'm adding these things up of things I can do. And for me, the only change... Of having already, I'm already doing that fasting thing. Is I put cream in my coffee, and you can drink black coffee in the morning. And so I just, just started drinking black coffee. I skip breakfast because of my thyroid medication. So like I'm already not eating till a little bit later. And then at nighttime, I sometimes snack because like that's awesome to snack at night. <laughs> but now I'm not doing that. And with not drinking, it's really easy for me not to be having calories at night because I'm yeah not drinking alcohol. So it's sort of like. Right helps. Anyway, so I've just been doing that and it's, it's not a hard change and it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything hard to my body that feels creepy, which. Yeah.
1: And I mean, I, I do encourage people to listen to not only that episode of the cancer pod, but you know, all of them because we love them, but yeah, I mean, I think it's important that obviously we focus on what works for us individually, you know, like that works great for you. Yeah, I know that it works for other people. And I do know that the real fasting, the like hardcore fasting for the really gnarly chemo, I've heard that it works for, for some people. I've heard people say that it has really decreased their nausea and vomiting and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to just try to make it through however you can. Yeah, (laughs) And, um, that's, that's great. I also do intermittent fasting for 13 hours. And I also
0: don't find it that hard.
1: I didn't know you did that. I do. I've done it for a very long time.
0: Have we been hiding this from each other? Because we thought we would both be like, you're doing some weird <laughs> some wackadoo shit. I don't know. <laughs> We've been closet wackadoo this whole time. <laughs> what else are you doing? Uh, well, there you have it. Folks. Can I
1: tell you one other thing? One yes! other wackadoo thing?
0: Um, yes.
1: I had a recurrence nightmare. No, I did the other night. It's coming up on scan time for me. And also, like, I don't know, I was kind of dealing with some like people in my life with new diagnoses and stuff. And so it was clearly top of mind for me. And I had this recurrence nightmare. And The funny thing I think about recurrence nightmares is like, obviously in the moment when you're having the nightmare and when you wake up from it, you're like fucking petrified, right? Like I I was like cold sweats. I, you know, it was very, very scary Yeah, and it stayed with me all day. Like nightmares sometimes do. Mhm. But it was objectively like a ridiculous dream. Like the scenario was so stupid. Like I thought because oh, so this was funny. It was like kind of realistic. Like I thought I had a blood clot in my leg so like I because I had had surgery so I went in my dream. I went to the doctor and they were like checking my leg for a blood clot but they did this weird like catheter thing in my shin. Mm. And so she like inserts the catheter into my shin. It's like a kind of like a an IV, i guess Mm -hmm. and she pulls it out and she's like see there's tons of blood on it and that means you've got metastatic cancer all through your leg oh and i does not and you know for the rest of the dream i'm like they're like thinking like what is the new chemo that I'm going to have to be on you know how am I going to tell my kids how am I going to tell my loved ones that I have progression and like just I'm like crying in my dream and like Mm. so you know it's horrible it's like a real deal nightmare so horrible but then when you like try to tell somebody like I had this recurrence nightmare and you have to tell them that it's like because you had blood in your body that was the evidence that you met, and it was that your entire shin was full it's like come on
0: it's so- which is a very common place for breast <laughs> cancer to go it hides very there common. it hides
1: there because you don't mm-hmm. often get your shins scanned um
0: <laughs> that's how they get you
1: and so you know i'm like telling people you know, I like tell my family that I have this bad dream. And everybody's like laughing because it does sound ridiculous. But I'm like, you guys, it was actually really scary. But but then I'm like laughing it off too because it does sound silly and I don't want to be a dork. And like but then I told a cancer friend about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I also told you about it. And you were like, that's awful. Like there was no like, oh my God, that's so stupid. Like the difference between the reactions I got. In cancer people and non-cancer people was so stark that I was like, why do I even bother with these fools? (laughs) I need to stop telling my family. (laughs) That's right. You can only
0: trust us, Steph. (laughs) You guys are my family now. We're your family now. No, it's because we've all had those just scary dreams that seem so real. And they just shake you no matter how realistic or silly or what. It still is that like... (gasps) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's awful. So if you guys out there are having scary cancer dreams, I'm sorry. You can tell us and we won't laugh at you. We won't be like, oh, my God, that's such, such a stupid dream. Oh, my God. You know that that's not real. That doesn't mean you have spread. It doesn't mean you have progression. It just means you're a cancer person. We'll just be like, that sounds so scary. Come here. Let me pet your
0: head. Yes. All right. Come on now. Um, You like to hear a letter then? I would. Would you like to hear a letter? I would. Sorry, you're going to cut that out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No way. We're leaving Amy's weird accents in. More accents. I don't know. More accents, please. Okay.
0: Letters. Dear Amy and Steph, something has been bothering me lately, and I want to hear your opinion. A lot of times when someone is diagnosed or even passes away from cancer, people say they never smoked or they ran marathons and things like that. I guess to say that it was unfair that they got cancer. Would it be less of a tragedy if they did smoke or didn't run marathons? I know I'm not as healthy as I could be, but I still don't think I deserved to get cancer. From Rachel. Damn
1: straight, Yeah, Rachel. Yeah, for real. That also bothers me. And I think it's maybe part of like the larger... I don't I know we talk about like fat phobia and stuff a lot on on this podcast but I think a lot of people use like personal choices as a way to separate themselves mm-hmm. from things that are difficult to conceptualize or tragedies or whatever and this is a great example of it it's like because you never smoke then you won't get cancer right and then if somebody does get it then it's like a horrible fluke Mm -hmm. but bad news (laughs) right
0: and then there's that like shock of it which is also like people are addicted to the shock of yeah yeah you know so it's like adds to the like and right He ran three miles a day yeah and
1: like absolutely. None of us deserves to get cancer. I don't care if you are a four pack a day smoker, like there is an addiction component.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I think that it's really sad. Nobody, <laughs> nobody deserves to have, have a disease right? regardless of, of the personal choices, health related choices that they make. And I also think that like, there's this need for people to beatify people when they die, you know, it's like, You guys, when I die, can talk about the shitty things I did. (laughs) I don't have to pretend that I, you know, that like nothing, nothing Mm. bad should have ever happened to me in my entire life. Like she didn't even smoke crack. (laughs) I, I, you know what I mean though? Do you know what I mean? Like, I absolutely know what you mean. Yes. Her smile lit up a room. Guys, my smile is not lighting up a single goddamn room.
0: It's <laughs> <That's> a <laughs> bit of a candle. It's a candle. There's a glimmer there. Um I think especially lung cancer people hear that all the time. And it's like really mm-hmm. offensive to them because You can get lung cancer without being a smoker. It happens to so many people. And then when they read something like that in a comment somewhere or they hear something like that, what it's saying is that everybody thinks they got lung cancer because they must have smoked or it must be their fault somehow. Like if they're not wearing a t-shirt that says, I actually didn't smoke, you know, which it's like, (laughs) yeah, everybody just like our poor little sensitive bodies filled with these stupid cells everything's a fluke and when it's not a fluke it's still unfucking fucking fair yeah
1: it's like cancer is like the ultimate syntax right like right you know if we go down the line and investigate and interrogate everybody's bad choices over their lifetime you know like maybe some people end up with more in one column than the other but Cancer is still a fucking fluke. (laughs) Some people smoke heavily their entire lives and live to tell the tale. I know. I mean that they are better people
0: than the ones that die. Which on like the other side of things, don't you find that whenever there is some like this person's 102 years old, they always love to say, and they drank a teaspoon of whiskey every day or they, he always had like, Two shots of tequila with dinner. Yeah. Like, or just like something. Like, it's never tequila, but you know what I mean? Like, it's always like he smoked like a chimney his whole life or for 40 years and now he's 100. Like, but it's always these things where I'm like, are you like sensationalizing this thing that didn't kill him that we're all afraid is going to kill us so that people that are doing that can be like, oh, phew. The people who do drink whiskey can say, well, that doesn't mean I'm going to die. Like, it doesn't mean I'm going to die. Yeah.
1: it's like they
0: they beat the house like you know the house always wins it's like
1: they beat the house yes exactly it's totally true like you can't have it both ways society you can't (laughs) you can't be stoked when a 102 year old is still getting slashed all the time and then also blame (laughs) a 25 year old (laughs) for
0: smoking in college oh my god i was laughing so hard i shared on our instagram stories it's like uh little meme or whatever of the seventh heaven parents yeah did you see that and I said I wrote on it I said me running some things by my oncologist and it's the mom looking at the husband who's the minister or whatever and she's saying I need to tell you something I've I've smoked pot <laughs> and then he just was like looking at her like what, like, what? yeah he can't believe it I, I've got to <laughs> tell you I've I've smoked pot, but I feel like everyone's like, you know, we're all just haunted by every little thing that we did, and yeah, you're off the hook, guys. You're either gonna get cancer, or you won't. That's right. The end. That's right. That's right. Um. Okay. Real quick. Next. Let. Err. Oh, actually, I actually have two really, really quick ones. First one. Dear CFB, would you consider doing an app on partner slash spouse caregiver dynamics? That could also extend to how family dynamics have changed for other cancer people through the course of this illness. Love a lumpy space princess. Ooh, (laughs) Ooh. Lumpy space princess. We love you. Yeah. We want to hear your drama with. It doesn't
1: have to be dramatic. Maybe it's insightful or... Weird. Yeah, yes. We want to hear your insightful weirdness. Complicated. Sometimes it gets really fucking
0: messy. That's okay. Yeah, we would love to talk about that. Mm -hmm. So if you would like to contribute something to that episode, any sort of familial caregiver dynamics at play in your life, send them on over to us, right? Yeah. CancerForbreakfast at gmail dot com. And then the last one is big fan of your podcast. May I ask you something? And it's a follow-up. And this letter writer emails us saying, "Hi, hope all is well with you. Just a quack quack just just a quick follow up. Quack, quack quack. I am a duck. I can email with my beak. Okay, hope all is well with you. Just a quick follow up for my previous email in case it slipped through the cracks. I was wondering whether you'd be interested on having me as a guest on your podcast. Here's a couple of ideas. How much should pest control cost? What can I do to control pests myself? What is the most common method of pest control? Looking forward to hearing back. Thank you, Brandon." Brandon. It's the rat guy again who thinks our podcast is all about actual rats.
1: Brandon. He is begging us, uh, begging us to take him for a ride.
0: Talk about a rodent we can't get rid of. <laughs> it's it's you. You, Brandon. It's you. <laughs> well, he's pestering us. Oh, what if, what if I write back and say, stop pestering us?
1: <laughs> Just kidding. No, we've got to write him back and be like, what's your favorite thing
0: about our podcast, Brandon? Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of that was my little rat segue. Do you like it, like that? I love it. I love it. That was so cute. You got one for us. I do.
1: Instagram earlier and I reposted something in our Instagram stories. Also, that got kind of a lot of attention, deservedly so,
0: because wow. what was um, it?
1: Really interesting. So, this is a little ditty about Dr. Hadia Nicole Green.
0: Is this what I sent you? It is. <gasps>
1: okay, great. So, I th- I hope that I'm saying her name correctly, Hadia Hadaya, but Dr. Green has worked on a team that's developed a cancer treatment that uses lasers and nanotechnology. It's really cool. Basically what happens is nanoparticles are inserted into cancer cells and the nanoparticles cause the cancer cells to fluoresce when they're viewed with imaging equipment. Mm -hmm. So kind of similar, it sounds like to like a PET scan, um, like a CT guided PET scan. Mm -hmm. Um, The laser... Activates and heats the nanoparticles, which creates thermal death for the cancer cells. Ooh. The laser and the nanoparticles are both harmless independently. Yeah. Which Dr. Green says it makes the treatment really, really uniquely able to target cancer cells and avoid healthy cells which as we all know, is like a major, major problem with Mm. cancer treatments in general. Chemotherapy is poison. Sometimes it's targeted. Sometimes it's not. And you just kind of have to hope that the healthy tissue can regrow while the cancer tissue dies. So the process is called LANT, L-A-N-T. It's laser activated nanotherapy. The treatment they're hoping it's only been used in mice so far but has been very successful they're hoping that it will be a treatment for basically Mm -hmm. anything tumors you know with with lump stuff so um, cervical cancer bladder Mm -hmm. breast ovarian skin cancer colorectal cancer prostate cancer pancreatic and they're hoping that it can be used as both an initial therapy and adjuvant therapy um one thing that's really cool about it is It's affordable and it's minimally invasive. Okay. Can we talk about the invasiveness of it?
0: I'm, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but I just have one question as I'm trying to picture this in my head. Yeah. They are injected
1: with it? Yes. So nanoparticles are super, super,
0: super tiny, right? So the, if, if, if it is like a tumor, right? Mm-hmm. A tumor could have cells that have broken off of it to travel somewhere else. Like how would they know? If that had happened, well, I think that this
1: would be specifically to treat primary tumors, you know, or just whatever they can find that's in a in a lump, in a tumor, in a mass, okay. in a growth. And
0: so they they would insert it into the lump, right? But they wouldn't have to do it into every microscopic cell, right? Ho- or would
1: hopefully. They? So what they do is they insert the nanoparticles into cancer cells, avoiding surrounding healthy cells because the nanoparticles are so tiny. Um, the tissue with the nanoparticles in it, then heats up because of the directed laser radiation. And so that destroys the cancer cells. Mm. So Dr. Green has tested this with cancer cells in a Petri dish, then moved on to small animal models, so like mice. But the bummer about this is that she can't find funding for it to go any
0: further. So we need like a little sound effect for conspiracy right. theory. Like that is maybe not one. <laughs> like what the hell? Well, racism definitely isn't a
1: conspiracy theory. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Green is a black woman. She graduated from a historically black university. Um, she has gotten a grant from the federal government. She got a one point one million dollar grant from the Department of Veterans Affairs. But that doesn't actually go that far when you're talking about buying equipment and things like that. So mm. Dr. Green has founded a 501c3, it's called the Oralee Smith. Cancer Research Foundation. It's at oralee.org, O-R-A-L-E-E. It's named after her aunt who raised her and had a gynecological cancer. Huh. So basically, she's trying to raise the funding for human clinical trials. And it's so frustrating. I I found articles about this technology as early as
0: 2014. Oh, my God. That's a long time. It could be like fully in use right now if they had actually moved on it. Right. If And they quote whoever yeah. they are. We
1: talk about like cryoablation and things like that. Like this is technology that's mm-hmm. not that different. And it seems to be mm-hmm. like I've, I've read, I'm going to obviously link to everything here, but very affordable, which is one of the reasons why she is championing this in particular.
0: Yeah.
1: And like I said, minimally invasive. Mm. So... Obviously we know racism is a huge problem. I think that bias in research is probably doing her dirty and she's not getting the grants and getting the funding. So she's had to turn to fucking crowdfunding basically.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: How many physicists do you know that are trying to crowdfund curing cancer? That's crazy. Besides this, this gal, Mm. um, so sucks there's tons and tons of information about her online. She's very legit, and I hope that her story making the rounds yet again kind of leads to a bump in funding for her. yeah, maybe some eyes on her project that can fund it in a more meaningful way than just people who are interested in cancer.
0: Don't you just want to know everything that goes on behind closed doors? like I want to know every. Email that was sent, every grant applied for, every meeting she had, yeah. every single response she got from anyone and trying to get people to listen to her. And like, who's saying no? Who's, what are the roadblocks? What are the roadblocks and who are, the, are blocking them?
1: I want to know. Right. I want to know. In a country where we have rich men going to space for the hell of it and blowing up their rockets. We can't get this lady some money to make some lasers? Like, come on. I
0: think we can do it. And doesn't she say she thinks it's like a cure? Yeah. I mean, In the way that like, if it's caught early enough and contained in a space, it kills the cancer cells before they can spread. Yeah. It sounds to me like it would be
1: potentially in place of surgery. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you don't have to cut somebody's body open in a giant way, Mm -hmm. that's great. It's going to be better for your immune system. It's going to be better for recovery. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) we do joke about it a lot and I'm not a person who thinks there's already a cure for cancer and they're hiding it from us or anything. But I do think that there's a lot of stuff like this. That's, you know, a bright idea that Mm -hmm. is languishing because you can't, patent it yet or because you know, there's not money to be made off of it yet. Absolutely. So (sighs) um, check out her foundation website. And I'm going to link to a bunch of the research that I found in the show notes. Check it out. It seems really cool. (laughs) And if you happen to be a venture capitalist,
0: (laughs) get in touch with Dr. Green. How much money does it do they need for things like this? So much. It's so much
1: i think what i read is they're they're hoping to raise 11 million
0: mm, that doesn't actually seem that bad i mean right it doesn't it really which doesn't. is like psych- a psychotic statement right but you know
1: it's not <laughs> that's because we live in the pacific northwest i'm like
0: <laughs> that's like five really fancy houses in seattle come on guys. <laughs> well you know but i mean i would think like well, that's three hundred million dollars, or just like something that's just like, okay. Um, hey, I don't know if this episode's gonna come out before the other one we have in the can, or the other one will come out first. But we have another episode where Steph does some little self-deprecation number about how she's not fully confident that her rats are always, <laughs> yeah, at the level that like she's just like, what were you saying, like? I- you don't feel like you should be the authority on yeah, you know, giving just,
1: all of this shit. I've gotten to a point where I feel like there's just so much that I don't know that I don't understand that I am getting more self-conscious about it. You know, you need to
0: stop. And here's why I have to tell you, mm. this is could not have come at a better time. I squealed last night when I read this review, this five-star review of our podcast on Apple podcast. Thank you so much. Um, you can leave one too. But I must read it right now. Okay. Um, This commenter, Liliana Luca, says, come for the s- sisterhood, stay for how Amy m- mispronounces molecules. <laughs> this, okay, that that's not why I'm reading this. I don't know what she's talking about. Okay, this podcast is so many amazing things that... And that includes really insightful on research and science. I am a cancer immunology researcher and I have been learning a lot from the rap segments. And never noticed the slightest scientific inexactitude. Incredible work, ladies. Oh Did you hear that? I heard it. It makes me want to weep. It's
1: so nice. It's so nice. I mean, I'm, I'm a cancer immunology I researcher. I know. I can't believe it.
0: Um, and the slightest scientific inexactitude. See, I can't even pronounce that, but <laughs> I, we should probably like, uh, title our episode that <laughs> or something. I agree. I think we should. <laughs> Thank you so much. It really, like, it means
1: a lot. It really, really, really means a lot. Um, cause I spend a lot of time trying to understand this shit and. Um, it's hard. I don't want to say I don't have a science brain because You do. I have a logical brain and that lends itself to stuff like that, I guess. And I'm always telling my children, don't say you're not good at whatever. Like if you're interested in it, you're good at it. But yeah, um, also that's kind of bullshit. Don't tell them I said that.
0: Um because <laughs> just because you like basketball doesn't <laughs> If you're interested in lying to your children, it doesn't mean you're not <laughs> good at it. I mean, it means you're good at it. Whatever.
1: Um, but, you know, I I feel I do feel self-conscious about it because I'm obviously not a scientist. I'm not a researcher. I'm just a, some dumbass that's trying to understand these weird ass processes that happen to people. So, thank
0: you very much for that review. It yeah, means a lot. So nice. Um, okay. Well, leave us a review. We'll read it on the on the podcast. Email us cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com, follow us at our new Instagram, Cancer for Breakfast Podcast. Mm-hmm. Just pod. No, just pod. Twitter. Cancer Breakfast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be well everyone. We love you guys. Thanks. Bye. Cancer for Breakfast is hosted by Amy Dials and Stephanie Legionesse and produced by Nathan McGehee. Our theme music is written and performed by Vivir.
0: Find us at cancerforbreakfast.com, Instagram at cancerforbreakfast, and email at cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com.
1: So much for listening. Thanks for listening.